Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. episode of social suplexes podcast about aew with a proclivity for positivity welcome to all things elite i am your host floyd johnson and with me today is a name longtime listeners of the show may remember it is my friend that got me into podcasting mr dave brown i call him silky what's up today silky good morning my fine friend you know yes folks you can blame me for getting to hear the dulcet tones of one Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. every week. 50 I didn't realize you've been doing this for 57 weeks. That's awesome. That's a that's a nice little run there you've got going on, sir. It's been over a year. Over a year. Um it's just yeah, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy talking about AEW and they do a good job of staying relevant and giving me news every week, which is great. Because there was, like, when the show started, I didn't think there was going to be enough news. And then, you know, like, with everything going on right now. And it just seems like we always have news. We always have something to talk about. And I'm going to ask you the question. I've been asking, you know, I asked Tiffany and asked everybody, how are you handling isolation, sir? You know, it's weird. Um, so, thankfully, my job, I, I work for a... Um, one of the bigger library systems here in the state of Oklahoma. And uh, uh, so I still have my job, still getting paid, all that good stuff. We're working from home. Um, it's just weird that, you know, my kitchen table is now kind of my office. And uh, and being home all the time is, is odd, and I have to force myself into a routine. So, you know, I still get up to an alarm. I still work out in the morning. Uh, I've added going on uh, – I like to say it's a jog, but in, in reality, it's one third jog, three fourths, you know, th- two thirds walk in the afternoon, um, and so I'm I'm trying to stay, stay stay sane. I've fallen a bit behind in my schoolwork, but luckily my professors have been super awesome. Um, you know, more than anything, I think through all of this, we've just 
for the most part, people have been trying to give each other lots of lots of space, lots of leeway, lots of grace, because we all know this is a really jacked up situation, and we're all kind of losing our minds. Um, but you know, I'm 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 just trying to stay busy. I've been uh, in my when I'm not you know in my spare time, like on my lunch breaks and stuff. Since all of my normal shows I watch are pretty much on kind of an unintended hiatus right now. I've been uh, rewatching Star Trek: The Next Generation because I'd watched Star Trek: Picard, and I'd forgotten how much I love the Next Generation characters. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just start this bad boy over. And there were a couple seasons I never saw uh, from back in the day, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this, and I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Um, there's, you know, overall the the I think the special effects hold up. Uh, you know, all things considered, and there's some stuff that looks cheesy and whatnot, but um, but it's, there's nothing there's nothing better than you know Levar Burton doing his reading rainbow gimmick with a hair tie thing on it across his eyes. I always wondered how well he could see out of that. Uh, good on you, Kunta Kinte. It was, it's just a, such a good show. But yeah, I'm you know I'm doing okay. You just went through all of his uh, characters, didn't you? I did, man. Yeah. You you. <laughs> You hit the high notes right there. Yeah, you hit the high notes, man. Um, I mean, and really, what is LeVar Burton going to be remembered for? Three things. Kunta Kinte and Roots, Reading Rainbow. people. Right, for the, for the oldies out there. Uh, Reading Rainbow, that's also more of an older thing. Uh, and then Jordy LaForge on Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, well, I guess he still does some Reading Rainbow stuff. The show, I don't know if the show's on PBS anymore. It might be on in some places as basically reruns. Um, but yeah, I, I always like LeVar Burton. He seems like a, a decent dude. Yeah, I thought he was hilarious. Hilarious. On uh, Big Bang Theory, when he was on an episode of Fun with Flags for Shelton. So Shelton had to delete his number and never contact him again, which was awesome. <laughs> You know, as much of a nerd as I am, and as much as I love comic books and, and science fiction and all that stuff, I've never watched Big Bang Theory. Well, you don't like sitcoms. I, I like some sitcoms. I love Seinfeld. No, but uh, you're not a sitcom person. Like, Seinfeld is actually the least sitcom sitcom ever. Because, you know, sitcom stands for situational comedies. And the shows really weren't about situations. It was just kind of like... A show, right? Yeah. When I, I mean, when I think about it, um, like my favorite things that fall into under the sitcom umbrella would be Seinfeld and Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't, and yeah, people love oh, Parks and Recreation. I'm like, it's a show. Oh, I love it. I, I just love it. My kids keep trying to get me to watch The Office, and I think if I would ever commit myself to doing that, I would really like it at some point once I got to know the characters, but just my first few viewings, I'm like, these are all horrible people. Uh, and I kind of have a hard time getting past that. Oh, but you know what? I love new girl. Oh, new yeah. girl. Really good. Sitcom. Amazing. That was a great show. Finally and one I guess that the, I actually like. There you go. The closest thing to a sitcom. And I don't think it qualifies as a sitcom, but it's kind of on that border. But the closest thing to a sitcom that I watch now uh, on current television is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And that's probably more of a dramedy. I was going it's an hour hysteric. long. Sitcom oh, have to be 30 minutes. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. But can't that be show's an hour awesome. long. You can't be an hour long sitcom. 
I do love oh, that show, God. though. And I could imagine you love it because it's all about music. Probably all music you hate, but music. You know, no. Actually, there's been a lot of songs on there they've used I, re- I really like. and Because there, I mean, there is some mainstream music that I really like. I love Queen. I mean, but I, I sometimes I have to wonder if you don't like at least one Queen song, I might look at you funny like you don't have a soul. Because, I mean, it's, it's freaking Queen. Come on now. Queen um, and Journey were, like, things I discovered from the show Glee. I had never really heard. It was like I'd heard the songs, right? You know, I watch TV and movies, so I'd heard the songs. But I wouldn't have known who Queen and Journey was, like, as a band until that show. Right. Well, that's not in your wheelhouse, so that, that makes sense. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. I, I know and, a lot of people don't know. I am African-American, so <laughs> Queen and Journey weren't something that my parents played a lot when I was growing Wait, up. Wait, they weren't spinning Don't Stop Believing for you on a regular basis? No, no, and, no. I mean, and my God, could Journey, especially in the like 70s and early 80s, they were the, quite possibly the whitest band on Earth. Um, like, if you've ever seen any of their old videos, oh no, my God. no. It's 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 hysterical, especially now watching them. But yeah, my thing with Journey, I always kind of hated Journey until Glee, and then that kind of turned me on. But the irony is, so Journey's lead singer, or old lead singer Steve Perry, had a hit in the '80s uh, called "Oh Sherry." Okay. And, and I loved that song, and I always loved that song. But I was like, oh, I don't like that. Don't stop believing. That whatever. The irony is, is "Oh Sherry" sounds exactly like a Journey song. And so it just took me, I just had to hear it in the right frame of mind to go, okay, I can't deny this. This is freaking great. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up on probably 70s music more than anything. My dad had, not, my dad actually owned a record store in the 70s. Nice. Yeah, I didn't even know. I mean, I was an adult before I even knew that. You know, old school, my dad was old school. He didn't tell us, he didn't sit down and tell us about his life. You know, I found out from other people about his life. He was—he loved music. He really did love music. He's one of those people that could—he—he he could hold a note, but he couldn't sing like great. But he could hold a note, and he could dance just enough to be not where you can't dance. Two things I never didn't inherit: I can't sing or dance. I will sing and I will dance, but I am bad at both of them. <laughs> I get to see this, man. I've got to see. Oh both God, of these I enjoy point. singing. I enjoy dancing. Uh, I enjoy dance movies like Step Up and, and uh, Breaking. You know, Breaking Two, Electric oh, Boogaloo. Love oh, Breaking dance. Two is incredible. Love dance movies, movies because they can all do something that I wish I could do. Now, <laughs> did you speaking speaking of those break dancing classics? Did you ever see Beat Street? I did. Oh my God, that, that was Blair Every... Underwood, right? Is that the one with Blair I... Underwood? I think so. It's the one where there was a guy who did. Um, there's a guy who wanted to be a DJ, and then there was a guy who did really good um, um, graffiti art, and then it had the Santa rap. Which every Christmas season, I go back and I watch the Santa rap. I can practically recite the Santa rap. Uh, ho ho ho! Open up your dough. It's good. That is good shit, man. That is. It is something you could not be made today at all ever in a million years and as years go on i'm like i start to wonder should i really be sharing this anymore yeah. i i find it hysterical but you know it's um, 
people aren't going to understand the world of 1992 or 1982 or 83 or whenever the crap that came out. Uh, yeah, Stan Lathan was the director. He is the okay. father of Sonia Lathan, if, if Sonia Lathan, if anybody knows. But Ray Dong Chong, who was in one of my favorite 80s movies ever, Commando, was in that movie. She was the star of the, the- movie. Oh yeah, so Commando that was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, that was that was one of his that was one of his great classic '80s action films. Yes, it, um, was, it, it 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 like it set the line for what an action movie trope was. It really did. Now that I think about it, yeah, um, yeah, it, it, I mean, had him killing everybody. But Dave, this is a wrestling show. Yeah, right we now. should. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> we are. I was like, we can talk about this stuff anytime, but we're now ten minutes in. We should probably talk and about some wrestling. Go and hit him with that read, sir. You probably should, but yeah. So I just want to, folks, ladies and gentlemen, are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? I know I am. It gets boring after a while. That's why you need to check out Pro. What is it called again? PowerSlam.tv. I'm used to know this, and now I screwed it up. All right, powerslam.tv, where you can get over 4,000 hours. 4,000. Can you imagine trying to watch that all at once? 4,000 hours from of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands and promotions from around the globe. That's worldwide, baby. That's all sorts of crazy stuff. You're sick of the one style? You can check out another style. It's all over the place. So, you know what? You go to powerslam.tv, you sign up, you use the code social suplex and guess what? Hold it. You know what? You're going to get a month free. I shit you not. 1 month free on us. Social suplex, use that code at checkout good times baby there you go sir i i just did a quick calculation i watched 494 hours of scheduled tv wrestling every year oh my god so that's oh. not including when like uh when uh r.i.p you know i want to r.i.p howard finkel uh he passed away this week i went and went back and watched survivor series 2011 with cm punk and Alberto Del Rio because CM Punk, it was in MSG, and CM Punk's personal ring announcer was Howard Finkel, and that was probably one of the last times he announced someone to the ring, and I went and watched that. So, you know. I watched that clip. That was uh, spread around, um, I think, what was it, the WWE on Fox Twitter account? Yeah, I watched the uh, show, though. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah. you know, I got to say, I don't follow, like, the, the WWE main Twitter account, but that WWE on Fox Twitter account, whoever runs that, they they know how to run a Twitter account. That crap is great. Uh, um, yeah, maybe Seth Rollins just slide them some money. Oh, my God. Yes. Can you – You there should be a segment. Who is worst at Twitter for wrestlers? And Seth Rollins very well might win most weeks. Yes. I mean, when you get owned by by bless his heart, who is not good on Twitter, uh, Will Osprey, you know you suck at Twitter. Yes, uh, and just make sure you are. I was gonna before we start again, we're gonna make sure you're downloading this show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Please leave ratings and reviews, uh, and then please support us by following at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, at Phoenix AEW. And at All Elite Tiffany on Twitter. Go ahead and hit him up with your Twitter, Dave. Ah, uh, that is at Oklahoma Lefty. 
Yes. That's lefty with a Y. Yeah, so, you know, that way we don't have to do it at the end of the show. You already, you're going to get it at the end of the show probably anyway. But we got two, I usually do big news of the week when it comes to AEW, and there were two big pieces of news that came out this week. One, definitely AEW related. Two, the second one, which we got our list and stuff, could be AEW related. So we're going to talk about the first one. Double or nothing in Vegas postponed into 2021 because of the Rona, a.k.a. coronavirus or COVID-19. They, um, instead of just canceling the show, which is, they just postponed it to Memorial Day weekend next year. If you bought tickets, you can either just have the tickets and let them roll over to next year, which is what I'm doing. Or you could get a refund. It was funny. It clearly said that. And the first comment was, why aren't they just giving refunds? <laughs> because people don't read, man. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, people, I, don't, people don't read signs, nothing. Yeah, I guess they're just like, they should force refunds on us. Even though like people like me, that's where my money was going to go anyway. Now I don't have to worry about buying the ticket next year. To me, so, they made my life simpler. Yeah, how was that? So, okay, are, you're going to keep the same seat, I'm guessing? Yeah. So when, I guess, what as people get refunds, those seats will be opened up for sale later? Yes, I'm guessing okay. you could, yeah, they'll just open those up later. That that could that could become, I'm, I'm sure there's an automated way that that works and the, the ticket mastering, whoever systems that do this already have understand how that works. But when you start to think about that and like, wow, that's complicated. That could get really confusing. Thank just, God for computers, man. I'm just saying, don't ask for a refund. The money's already gone. Just wait till next year. Yeah. And yeah. So the guy's like, I could be dead by next year. I'm like you could be dead tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> like I'm not trying to be an ass, but seriously. And like, you know, that that is something I I love to say. A quick little anecdote about that, uh, if I may. Um, I I don't like guaranteeing things because you know, just like you said, you could be dead tomorrow. And a uh, quick funny story. I used to work at a place, did uh, technical support for uh, Direct TV, and one Saturday there was a, an OU football game about to come on the uh, ESPN or whatever. And the previous game that was playing was blacked out in Oklahoma. Don't ask me to explain it. It sucks. It's a pain in the butt. I get this call from this very angry old man who is a huge Oklahoma Sooners fan, and he's losing his mind, just losing his mind. And I'm like, dude, as soon as the OU game starts, your TV will come back on. It will be fine. Are you going to guarantee that? And my response was, well, I wouldn't bet my life on it. And he's like, what'd you say? I wouldn't bet my life on it. I can't guarantee that I'm not going to walk out of this building right now and get hit by a bus. And uh, Neil's to say, ask for a supervisor. But you're right. You don't know if you're going to be alive tomorrow or not. That's why you live every day as elite as possible, using your catchphrase. So you do your best. And, uh, and yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if I was you, if I had the money to do this, I would just hold on to my ticket. It's The problem then becomes, okay, airline tickets, hotels, oh, God. Well, this is what I come to. You obviously had the money to do it because you were going to the event this year. Right. The now, money's the, the already the, gone. 
<laughs> you know. Now, if you're someone who unfortunately say has lost his or her job, yeah, go ahead and get the like, robot. Yeah, get get your money back. But um, but apparently they're going to just go ahead and, and continue to do double or nothing as a pay per view, just an, an, an empty arena show. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on that? Them continuing to to do the show? I am not just, a fan of empty arena wrestling. Just in general, not a fan. I love wrestling. I can I watch it. I haven't missed an episode of any of the shows. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. Still keep my same schedule. Just not a fan. It's like the highest level of empty arena match could probably reach is like four stars for me. Just because it's just it's a a live spectator sport. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. it the energy. Uh, I, we're gonna talk about in some of the matches this week, and it's just like. You're missing that energy, especially that's what AEW's known for, is their crowd. That is the one thing, when I came back to AEW, I was like, good lord, I missed a really pumped up crowd. Uh, Just to point this out to something else I was watching, I was watching 2011 Survivor Series. CM Punk hadn't even came out. His music hadn't started. CM Punk, CM Punk, this is like at the height of it. I mean... He didn't even need entrance music because they were already chanting his name and then his music hits and they went crazy and it's just like I all I can think is no one gets that pop anymore. No one no, no one has that type of excitement and energy. And in you know, in the WWE is what I was meaning. And it's like AEW had brought that back, you know, when Cody the, uh, the all the lights and stuff go on and Cody starts lifting from the ground and then his music hits and then the crowd gets into it or the greatest moment in live wrestling sports I think the, the Jericho uh, sing-along it's like oh my god when you're in that arena it's electric when you're at home it's just like god you can't get 20 people to do the same thing ever but you got thousands of people singing every word to all right, song uh, that you know. I, so, uh, may may I uh, give a probably unpopular opinion on this show? Yeah. Uh, I hate that song. That song sucks. I hate I hate his band. I think his band is terrible. I mean, they play their music well. It's just not okay. Let me rephrase. They are a functional band. They're competent at what they do. It's not for me. I hear his music and I'm like, oh my God, this man wants to be Bon Jovi circa 1987. It is not Slippery One Wet Season anymore. It's just kind of sad. It's, and again, it's not for me. And if you love it, that is fantastic. More power to you. Yeah, I just hear that song. I'm like, this is awful. Uh, Tiffany will stab you with her po- your positivity for saying that she loves Fozzie. She loves that band. And some people love 80s music, you know, and me. I think it's fine. It's the I can't get it out of my head. Like, like it's well, the ultimate it's... earworm song because I've heard it so much and people singing along. I know the words to the song and I have never just like listened to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's not that I don't like '80s music. It's not even that I don't like '80s hair metal. I love the band Poison. I think the stuff they did in the mid to late 80s was fantastic. It's kind of a, a um, guilty pleasure of mine. Um, but I just I, I just hear that, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. It's a, let, let me let y'all know, if you haven't got this, Dave is the ultimate music aficionado. So uh, 
like he can do this all day. So I probably shouldn't have brought up music because you know. <laughs> no, but I'm sure I'm. I suspect that is a phenomenal thing to be part of, to be in that crowd, to feel that energy, to hear people singing along. I, I bet that's an amazing thing to be it, to it, go it, through. It, I think it's the best thing in wrestling, you know. And I go to all, you know, I go to all the different companies' wrestling shows, but I don't think anything matches that. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Becky Lynch last year with the oh, and everybody doing that. Closest thing to it. I would have to go all the way back to the Bray Wyatt singing the whole world in his hands at WrestleMania 30. That was into that was it. But yeah, that energy. What that about came. what about when Nakamura was in NXT? Oh people, yeah, yeah, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, that and was and about the close, the biggest pop I think you get in in any WWE related anything is probably the Undisputed Era. Yeah, yeah. Boom! I even say that when Adam Cole says "boom," you do the hand gesture and say "boom," or you just hold. Oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So yeah, now, which is a great thing. Keeping him away from empty arenas is freaking brilliant, because that would go over like a wet fart in church with no crowd responding. Yeah. So please keep his ass home. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah. So it's gonna happen. Uh, Double Nuts is going to happen May 29th, 2021. So I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, you get the refund within 30 days if you choose to get a refund. I just wanted to let everybody just finish that part. MGM growth, uh, MGM Grand, it will still be all there, all the same. It's just it's just pushed back a year. Yeah, and it's it was the right thing to do. I mean, I mean let's be... Let's be realistic. Nothing's going to open up this year. No, they Nothing. shut down Vegas through June 1st. That's why they had to announce it. I mean, Southwest sent me an email saying your flight's been canceled. You still have the credit. Vegas is shut down. You can't come there. You can't go there. Yeah, it, it's just it was the right thing to do. People just stay the hell home. Yeah, this is not a news site. I read something on CNN.com that they have tested the the virus against high heat and humidity and apparently it dies in high heat and humidity so hopefully we have a summer maybe, maybe. that would be nice i'm i am personally of i'm just setting the expectation of nothing's happening until next year at the earliest yeah, so that way yeah, if yeah. stuff opens up in september i'm like woo happy yeah, day that's not how this show works we are the proclivity for positivity so we're hitting up july 1st baby come on I, I hope you're right. No, because, uh, no, uh, poor Floyd's having to work extra hard being positive today because he's got my dour ass on here. Uh, no, see, my birthday's June 10th. Uh, so I would love to be out of here by then. Uh, my anniversary's July 18th. I would love to be out of here by then. And then, most importantly, well, I can't say most importantly, but important to me is. That uh, Wrestle Kingdom, the Wrestle Dynasty show, and the SummerSlam are August 22nd and 23rd uh, in New York and Boston. I'm hoping that is my next wrestling trip. That would be cool if that happens. It'll be a miracle, I think, if that happens. Uh, just thinking realistically. Um, but yeah, and, and don't it, let it, Crystal it, hear that, that going to Wrestle, basically Wrestle Kingdom USA is the most important thing to you in the next like six months. Uh, just let me let me make this clear. She knows who she married. 
<laughs> yeah, she knew what she got herself into. Exactly. This is the reason I will tell anyone. I don't want you to hear weird things, but the reason I love my wife, like more than anything, is I finally found a person that completely accepts me for who I am and all the craziness that that entails. Yeah, and for anyone <laughs> out there who has met Floyd. Because uh, I know a bunch of the people listening to the show do do know the Floydster. Uh, Crystal is awesome. If you ever get a chance to meet Crystal, she is just just top notch, good people. And uh, yeah, I could not imagine a better fit for uh, a life partner for Floyd than than Crystal. So yeah, yeah. so you got y'all you, you two done good. Yeah, let's say we both have weird intricacies that other people hated, but we're both fine with. So. <laughs> <laughs> My, yeah. my wife loves to sleep, and that generally would annoy me, but, hey, I can let it go because I love her. There you well, go. Second big piece of news is Oof. on April 15th, mere hours before uh, before Dynamite, WWE against tried to steal AEW shine, but this way they did it in a horrible way. They released a bunch of people on their uh, – a bunch of people – uh, the thing about these releases, some were amicable. Some were people that wanted to be released from WWE, had been asking for their release. WWE had been saying no, and they said, hey, you know what? You can go. Some of these were not so amicable, and some of these were furloughs. So it's just, it's, it just is what it is. You like, why are you reporting about WWE releases on AEW? Well, with any wrestler in the company, especially with a new wrestling company, as soon as a bunch of people are released, people will start asking, does AEW want these people? So I am going to go down the list fairly quickly, and I'm going to, me and Dave are going to give our opinions on whether we want these people in AEW. Uh, the first two I'm gonna I'm gonna combine to because a couple right. of them are tag teams. So I'm gonna yeah. And, but real real quick though, you can't ignore a story like this. This is one of the biggest stories in wrestling history. This was a bloodletting, yeah. and it was that afternoon because the first, at first it was just one after another. And I guess it's they update their website instead of waiting until everyone is called and then putting out one post that says here this is it. No, they they're like they call somebody that person answered posted on the website call somebody else and apparently based on stories of from people who've worked there there's literally people sitting in an office in uh, that do the website and they hear someone scream down the hall okay Rusev's been cut update the website Kurt Angle's been cut update the website can you imagine how creepy that must be what weird ass atmosphere oh but yes let's so start first two names. All right, first two names. First name on the list is Kurt Hawkins, but if you're going to do Kurt Hawkins, you got to do his tag team partner. So we're going to talk about Kurt Hawkins and uh, Mr. Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. Uh, I, for, I always forget his real name. but uh, Brian Myers. Brian hmm. Myers, and uh, Zack Ryder's is Matt Cordona. So do you want either one of these people or both of these people in AEW? I mean, they would be a decent jobber team. I mean, they're both they're both decent workers, um, but it's at the the highest level they could either of those guys could ever reach in AEW or anywhere is basically where Sean Spears is now. So mid card, 
upper mid card. They're never going higher. And it would now if AEW could take those two completely wash the stink off of them and turn them into stars, then they can do anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's the reality. They'll probably just end up doing their YouTube channel about action figures and go on to some other line of work. I mean, Zack Ryder's dating Chelsea Green, so he's probably got a hook up there with some money. And um, yeah, he's also worked for the WWE for 15 years. So yeah, if he, I, if, he's, hopefully he's well off. Yes. So Kurt Hawkins, I'm going to say he's got wrestling school. He's going to run his wrestling school. Yeah. I am going to offer a different opinion than everyone else on Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder is one of Cody's best friends. Cody's friends get jobs. Just period. So yeah. I think it's almost 100% guaranteed that Zack Ryder will be there in some reason, uh, some, uh, some way. I also heard the fact that, you know, Zack Ryder's washed. Zack Ryder's the blah, this. Let me tell you. Zack Ryder was the Young Bucks before the Young Bucks. He got over on the internet with the YouTube channel. The WWE didn't like that. They buried him, but he stayed employed this whole time. Right? So when you talk about someone who has a story that relates to the AEW fan base, Zack Ryder. You want to talk about somebody who has clips and stuff that he owns that they could use on the show to help build his story? Zack Ryder. He has a look. I mean, the dude is put together. But yeah, yeah he's he, a good looking dude. Yeah. And it's like if you wanted to bring him in and slowly over a year build his character back up. I'm not talking about put him in the main event immediately. Probably have him come in, lose a match, win a match, but slowly build him up. Almost like he's an AEW original because he'll have a different name. Change his look. He does have to change his look. Change his gear, his music, you know, all that stuff. He has to reinvent himself. And then they present him differently as a whole different character. In a year or two, he could be a viable character. If he wants to stay himself and does his things, lower Mick Carter that loses all his big matches. You know, I agree 100%. But yes, yeah. I think they could reinvent Matt. Or I think they could reinvent him, but it depends on how hungry he is. Yeah. And people are like, well, he never could work. I'm like, when did he give a chance? Yeah, I don't, I mean... Were we ever really seen what, did we see what this guy could do? No, we never uh, saw what he could do. He was yeah. always pushed down and buried and literally got through off of a, a stage in a wheelchair on concrete in one take. So it happened. There was no crash. <laughs> you know, at, at, at what point do you go, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, toss me down some 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 steps. I'm not thinking. Go go f yourself. Yeah, I'm not was, doing that. There was no protecting yourself. It just hurt. he could have died. Yeah. So yeah. So it's like, and it's like the Cody hookup. You know, his friends get yeah. jobs. It's oh yeah, because Cody wrote a hugely long Instagram post about him. Exactly. And it's like when I tell everybody, it's like, well, he's gonna get signed, and they're like, why, why? And, they, and then they were like angry with me, like I was saying, I want them to sign him. Which I do. I've always been a Zack Ryder fan. When he was the first YouTube show I ever watched was his show. I had at least five Zack Ryder shirts at the height of his popularity. 
with the, the head and the hair. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. I love Zack Ryder. I have no problem admitting that. Uh, again, they have to start running shows again. And whenever you sign any someone new and sign someone established, someone gets pushed down. So I think they're got to be very, very careful on who they sign and what they do with them. Because you do Agreed. not want to alienate your <clears throat> fan base who has loved these new characters that you've built. Agreed. And you also don't want to get have the same situation that TNA had where you sign a mid-carter or low mid-carter from WWE and immediately push them to the moon like and instantly make them world champion. No, don't do not do that. Yeah. Don't. Well, like they yeah. did with John Moxley? Well, Man. John Moxley was a, it was a headliner. John Moxley was a world champion. Yeah, that's no, true. That, well, I'm just saying, that, he that, was undefeated and they immediately pushed him to the moon. So. Right, no, well, that that's, see, that that's like, no, that's a whole other thing. I'm talking like, and I, I don't mean to disparage the guy, but you've got, Nick when you compare, jobbers yeah, you've got like a, a, a Christian who, who got to a certain point, but he was never at the level of Dean Ambrose. Yeah. So when you bring in, you know, John Moxley, yes, you push that, you give that man the rocket pack because he's already an established main eventer for years. You bring in a guy who is, you know, who's been, hasn't even been on main event for who knows how long you, you've got to start over. You have to fix that. That, that is a, a project. That's a fixer upper. I didn't mean to take, we didn't mean to take that long on two names. So we're going to yeah, sorry about that. go a little quicker through the list. Next one got to be Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Um, I say you bring them in for a big shows, uh, a couple TVs maybe. They're an established tag team that people know. They got the Bullet Club ties, so the fan base knows it. Uh, I think you can use them sparingly. They would be part-timers at best. Yeah, I think they're going back to New Japan, honestly. Well, I mean, of course, because Tony Khan is so, so nice, he allows his people to work in New Japan and AEW. Yeah, they would be, at, you're right, part-timers at best. You at don't... best, yeah. I would bring them in maybe like if you're going to any of your big four pay-per-views, you just want them to bring them in for like a blood feud, like a punch, you know, like slug it out match with someone. Maybe bring them in with, uh, um, you know, Lucha Bros or Proud and Powerful and just, you know, beat the shit out of each other, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, but you could you could give Carl Anderson a singles run because he's really stinking good. Yeah, he is really good. He is. Uh, then we got Leo Rush. You know, Leo Rush is so stupidly talented in the ring. He would do really well wherever he goes. Um, I think he's probably going to go and uh, work on his music career. But really, when I when when I heard his name, my first thought was, I want to see him in Best of Super Juniors. I, I I thought I had that thought too, and I think he would do better in somewhere like New Japan that actually has a juniors division instead of AEW. But I, you know, they need some color, as in. Black people? No, I don't mean. I mean, I know they have Hispanic people. Don't get me wrong. They need black people, and they need to feature them. So, Leo Rush, 
Definitely. All right. He's super yeah. talented. He's super he talented. Is. And it's like, it's not like I'm just saying just because he's black. He's one of, he's a great wrestler. You know, he's an amazing wrestler. And so that, and you know what? You know what helps a music career? Being on national TV every week. That is true. So I'm just saying, even if he doesn't, his heart isn't in wrestling anymore, just to stay relevant and on stay on TV, you know, you only have to work. You know, they don't do house shows there. So it's a lighter schedule, you know. Yeah, Maybe. it's one day a week, basically. I mean, yeah, you know, travel day or whatever. But, yeah, and it's like they're based in Florida already, like where you live. It's like it seems to make a lot of sense for Leo Rush. Yeah. Uh, then Drake Maverick. Oh, his was heart-wrenching. That poor video. Man. God, I don't I, You know what? Unpopular opinion. I know this is the positive show. I felt nothing at all. I was like, whatever. Yeah, but see, this is what people who listen to this show might not know because you are so positive on this show. You also have a dark streak uh, of of just looking at things in very stark reality and going, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, I was like, with Jake Maverick on that, I'm like, dude, you were, I mean, you were funny as the 24-7 thing. I wouldn't have cut you if I was WWE because, you know what, when he comes, he's a utility, like, you, you do know a little bit about baseball players, right? Yeah. You know, you have that utility guy that can play shortstop, second base, everywhere. He can bat anywhere in the, that's what Drake Maverick was. He could wrestle. He was good on the mic. He he was great as an authority figure. Uh, even the uh, thing when if the authors of pain didn't keep getting hurt, he was fine managing them. He was too good at too many things for you to get rid of. I think yeah, someone like ROH, Impact, where he came from, great having him. I don't think he really fits in AEW because they don't have a lot of off-screen characters. Right. Now, if they I don't... wanted to bring him in as a manager, I think that would work. That a youthful manager, because most of their managers are former wrestlers that are a little old, that would work. But and if they had some kind of on-screen authority figure, he would be perfect at it because he was perfect in Two of Five Live. But I don't really think he fits in AEW. I don't. The only way I think he would fit is if he came in as the manager of another person on this list. Uh, which do we want to go ahead and just jump right down to yeah, they, Ethan they, Carter yeah, the third? Yeah, EC three. Yeah. So, the so when I think about EC three and in AEW, the fir- my first thought is they already have EC three. It's MJF. Um, I, so I completely agree with that statement. I think EC three perfect for NWA. Perfect because he is someone that can get himself over on the mic, and you know. The wrestling are little seven-minute matches. The fact that he's not the best in-ring worker, you can kind of hide that there. Yep. So I, I would, and you know, I hadn't even thought of the NWA, but yeah, I say uh, EC3 and Rockstar Spud need to head over to. Uh, they need to call uh, Billy Corgan and say, "Hey, when this all shakes out, can we have a job?" Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric Young, uh, another NWA guy. I don't see him as a fit in uh, AEW. No, no. I mean, he he's probably going to hit NWA or maybe Impact. If he might go back to, to Impact. Bring him in as like an underling in like the Dark Order because you know he's played dark characters before. That would work, but no. 
I think he he was an underratedly good world champion in uh, in TNA. Uh-huh. Um, so I I suspect he'll be back in Impact. All right, then we got Heath Slater, the one man rock band. Oh, poor Heath. Um, no, he's not. He, I, I, I don't know where he goes, but he's not for AEW. He's very entertaining person. Oh. Uh, very entertaining. I love Heath Slater. Uh, he is the Brooklyn Brawler. You know what I mean? I mean, if you push him anywhere, you know, your company is going to look second rate as soon as you push yeah. him. And, yeah, if he, came, and, if he came in as a jobber. Yeah, I mean, and that's the whole thing. Does he still want to job? I th- he's one of those people, again, he would have to change his look. Uh, he would have to change his look, change his in-ring style, and then and take a year or two to establish himself as a wrestler. And then maybe AEW would sign him. Right. And at this point, he's an older dude. He's been doing this for a long time. Does he want to do all that? He cut I mean, a pretty good on his goodbye message, and he's like, he's going to get in shape. And he's like, this is, he said, this isn't the end. This is the intermission. So he sounds like he continues to wrestle. Well, I hope so. I uh, I hated him the first time I ever saw him when 3MB was still around. But then the whole I got kids thing was just hysterical. Um, and he, he needs to make I got kids t-shirts and have the, that shit on pro wrestling tees like yesterday. He got a shirt that says I got fired on pro wrestling oh. tees. Dude, I might actually have to buy that. That's awesome. Yeah. He can't say I got kids because he already had that shirt in WWE. Yeah, but I mean, a, a phrase like I got kids, you can't copyright I got kids. Uh, I don't know. I guess it would be too close to his character. I don't know. I don't know law. It just seems like you can't do it, but maybe you yeah. can. Maybe. It's Kurt Angle, uh, but he's a retired wrestler, so the yeah. only thing. Now, the AEW does this thing called the Championship Committee. And they talk about it all the time. Kurt Angle might be a good face for your championship committee. Agreed. That would work really well. Otherwise, it, it otherwise he doesn't need the work. Yeah. No. no. And, and seriously, you bring him in four times a year to announce a big ass title match. You don't. You know he's. You know what I'm saying. He's not going to be a permanent permanent character. You bring him in a few times a year to announce a title match. You know, when you're doing your signings and stuff, you're like, oh, man, Kurt Angle's going to be one of our lead signing and people signing. That all that all works for him. But, yeah, he's not a wrestler yeah. anymore. Agreed. Uh, Aiden English. And I'll combine him with someone else. Who's the someone else? Rusev. Because, you know, he's saying <sighs> it's Rusev Day. Rusev Day. Now it's so, going to have to um, be Miroslav Day. Uh, oh, no, he's gonna—he needs to come up with a—he's gonna have to have something easier to say for white people, because that—that Americans ain't gonna say no Miroslav. No, I think no, that, call that him shit ain't Miro. working. I, I know he shortens it to Miro, but he'll come up. Okay, with then, then that would work. He's interested. So, okay, so um, I agree with what they said on the Voices of Wrestling flagship this week. Uh, Rusev is going to—he will only land in one of two places. AEW or New Japan Pro Wrestling because I don't think he would do anything below the, their levels. Um, and, I mean, if he brought Aiden English with him, that would be awesome to have him as his little mic piece singing along. Um, but, I mean, I think Rusev is money 
anywhere. And the fact that he wasn't in WWE is, is just a, another damnation on the failures of Vince McMahon. And because he's fucking incredible. How do you not make money with this guy? So, um, I mean, if I was Tony Khan or, or Cody or whoever the hell, I would have called him already. Uh, Rusev, yes. Aiden English, if, yeah, only as his sidekick. Aiden English, you know, I don't know what he's going to do, but he has a, he, you know, he's tall. He has a good voice. So I liked him on the announce team. I guess he might not. I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard whether his was mutual or not. Because if it wasn't, it would probably mean he wants to wrestle again. If it right. was, if you know, if if it was mutual, then it probably means he wants to wrestle again. If it wasn't, I I don't know why it wouldn't be. He was perfectly fine as an announcer. Oh yeah, and and in fact, you know, if he does not pair up with Rusev and go, I say he should become Irikaboni's permanent partner at the broadcast booth for Ring of Honor. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Then, then we have Mike Kyoto. Is AEW in the uh, looking for a new referee? I mean, he would be. If you want to talk about a referee with more experience than possibly any referee on the planet next to Earl Hebner, then he would be perfect. I'm I'm wondering if he was one of the people who was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go." Yeah, because you got um, 31 years of that salary. He has to be decent on money. Yeah. Yeah, and he might have been, since he's the only ref, he, who knows, maybe he was making a whole lot more than everyone else, but, I mean, Little Nate, you think he's got to be making a good good paycheck, because he's been there a long-ass time, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, why wouldn't Little Nate, I mean, that would actually make me really sad, to if Little H was not, no longer calling matches, but man, just, Drake Wirtz, baby, keep him around, I like the Drake Wirtz. Um, but yeah, I'd see, I think Mike Kyoto, I think it would be smart to bring him in. Otherwise he's going to probably do a new career. Sarah Logan, they literally buried her Monday night by having, uh, Shayna just stomp on her arm and then she cried and they stopped the match. I mean, that's, that's the, the, that's the last image of Sarah Logan in WWE. Yeah. So she was crazy Mary, correct? Yeah. Crazy Before. Mary Dobson. Yeah. Yeah, I knew. I the only stuff I know about her is from her NXT and WWE run. Um, so I, I don't know if she's any good. Apparently, she worked in Japan. I mean, as a utility player, maybe or a jobber, maybe. I, I don't. Maybe she's really. I, I don't know. I don't know on this one. There is a woman on this list who I think is a must for AEW, but it's not Sarah Logan. All right. Yeah, her. She's one of those people. Their women's roster is now developing, and I think they had just got to a place where they could start uh, start really pushing it and making new characters and making new people, and then this happened. So they had to like back back that all the way up. So because they were really trying to get B over, and she was going to be not, uh, Nyla's first opponent, and then they were building up Kakirashita. And then, of course, Britt Baker's doing an amazing job on her own. So I think that the women's division was coming on and coming into their own. So if Sarah could find a place to assist, but I don't, she's not somebody I would have pushed. So she would have been a mid to lower level in the women's division. So in that case, I would probably say no. But if she goes back out to Shimmer and Shine or wherever these places are, uh, you know, and yeah, um, when she after she goes to Shimmer Shine and kind of maybe rebuilds herself, maybe have some good matches. Great, I would 
for her, I would probably suggest Impact because their women's division is strong, and she could try to find a place there. Yeah, and she she looks like she would fit in in the Impact roster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, let's go ahead and since I mentioned the woman who I do think AEW needs to sign, let's go ahead and just jump to her if that's okay. And that is Deanna Perrazzo. Yeah. I think I, I think she's a must that she needs to have a Cody should have called her Brandy needs to call her right now and say, hey, when when this all stops being crazy, we want to bring you in. She was booked for all in. And then she signed with the WWE. So she did was not in that match anymore. So they obviously know who she is. Uh, she was with Marty at that time, and I don't think they're together anymore. That's just internet speculation. They might be happy or whatever. I don't know. But right. I don't think they're together anymore. So uh, I think, yeah, that's a phone call I would make. She's a name yeah. people recognize. Uh, I think she would. She fits into the AEW, what the AEW fan base is looking for. Exactly. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And then we have Rowan. Literally, if they wanted to bring him in as Luke Harper, I mean, as uh, Brody Lee's sidekick, that would be cool. There's a familiarity in it. Mr. Brody Lee can be like, we work together. This is the only man, you know, I truly can trust or something like that. They could definitely use him. But, yeah, as a big guy that can eat pins. Yeah, agreed. He would. The only reason he would come in as as Brody Lee's henchman, part of the Dark Order, and maybe even a situation where he comes in and eventually he and and Brody Lee either turn on the Super Smash Brothers or the Super Smash Brothers turn on them at some point, and you have a you have a nice tag team feud at that point. You know, I'm I'm booking way in, down the road, but. Yeah, other, if if it's just him being Rowan by himself, now get get the f out of here. Yeah, a funny story about Rowan that Jericho told on his podcast that one time the church asked him to you know form a skit uh, at the church, and they said, "Well, we got this guy. He's he's in the business, and you know you're, he's going to play the devil, and you're going to be like Jesus or God, and you're going to take him out." And the person was Rowan. <laughs> Rowan and Jericho go to the same church, so uh, that's a thing. And it was just it was just a funny story about Rowan. Uh, oh, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Then Primo and Epico Cologne. I'm just gonna say absolutely not. I mean, I guess if uh, AEW does a match in Puerto Rico, maybe. Yeah, they're they're gonna probably just stay in Puerto Rico and work the Puerto Rican stuff. They who knows maybe they show up in CMLL or AAA. I mean they're really good. They're shockingly good. Um, so they would yeah if if you completely change their image and everything and let them actually wrestle, they would have some kick ass matches in that tag team division in AEW. But uh, now let let them go hang out in Puerto Rico. That's where they, what what they've been doing for years anyway. Maria and Mike Canellis. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say no, they are now, even though they were there first, they're kind of like a poor man's Cody and Brandy. And so uh, I don't want two husband wife acts in the same company. No. Yeah, no, I'm, I firmly believe they need to go back to ring of honor and, uh, Mike Bennett needs to hook back up with the kingdom because I love Mike Bennett and Matt Taven as a tag team. I think they are fantastic. All right. Perfect. And I say no way. To Jose, no way. To Jose, no way. 
It's the whole thing. Yeah, hey. apparently Joe Lanza says he's really freaking good, and he has he had a, a long career on in the indies. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I don't see him as a fit. I, he could go somewhere else. Maybe if he does a nice run in the indies and washes the stink of No Way Jose off, he would be a good addition to New Japan. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he would fit in AEW. And that was Let's it. Let's see. Well, no, there's there's one other, but I don't know who the hell this person is. Alexander Jacksick. Yeah, there were some NXT people, but and there was only one name I was going to ask, yes or no. Uh, okay. Uh, Tayara Conti. I heard she had got released. Oh, she did. Yeah. Snap. Yeah, I would. I would if I was AEW. Yeah, I, I would take her. I would snap her up. Uh, I thought she was really good, and she had this energy about her. Uh, oh yeah, I, I loved her, especially once she had her gimmick where she would hold her black belt like it was a, a title. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was good, and that is it for the list of people. Um, uh, the, that's the list. Uh, you've heard who we thought my number one guy to me. If you ask me one guy, if I only got one guy at that list for me, it would be Rusev. Yeah. If I had to, if, if like my, if, if I was going to list them, number one would be Rusev. Number two would be Leo Rush. Number three would be Deanna Perrazzo. Yeah. Okay. Number one, Rusev. Two, Leo Rush. Three, Deanna Peraza. It was the exact same list. That was very unexciting for y'all, I know, right? That was amazing, <laughs> amazing, amazing uh, audio right there. That was, baby. So after our riveting dual list, where you just basically got to hear us agree with each other, we now... <laughs> great minds think alike, Floyd. We're Man, that's, that's what this is. We are great minds. Yes, yeah, so we now get to move on to a little bit uh, more stuff we might disagree on. Uh, so after um, after the big news of the week, BTE had a big three-part episode 199. They released episode one on Monday, episode two on Tuesday, episode three on Wednesday. I just had Dave watch episode two and three because in one, it was Matt Hardy started off the show by telling you the rules of a jobber match. Uh, you should all go watch that. I could go through it, but I'm not going to say it as funny as he is. He does, but the, uh, the the hilarious part is, like, if you are, you only get one offensive move, and if you're a tag team, you get one combo move. And then they said, and the finish had to be uh, one of the famous moves by these teams. One was the Legion of Doom. Other was the Steiner brothers, and for some reason the APA was in there. So I just thought that was, that was funny. So APA was never it, ever sniffed the level yeah. of of the, of the Road Warriors or the Steiner brothers. VT, very tongue in cheek, sir. Very tongue in cheek. That is true. And I started watching the first episode before he told me not to, and I was getting into the the rules of a jobber match. And I was I was chuckling. Yes, because uh, that was it was very funny. Um, Frankie Kazarian and uh, Christopher Daniels, they beat that local California team that the Young Bucks wrestled last night, uh, last week, and they did it with the Doomsday device, which was awesome. Uh, then Scorpio Sky beat both Peter Avalon and Randon Cutler, and he said, what a bunch of losers. So I'm guessing it's building up 
I'm gonna guess at double or nothing. Maybe on the pre-show, it's gonna be Peter Avalon versus Brandon Cutler. So someone has to win. Now, okay, so forgive me because I'm not as well versed in AEW, especially the very lower card. Brandon Cutler is the bald guy who was the cameraman during the battle royal in episode two. Is that correct? He is. Cor- that is correct. Okay. He is okay, a long just... time friend of the Young Bucks. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, episode, okay, so let me, let me preface everything I'm about to say. I have never, up to this point, enjoyed being the elite. I never found it funny. I never found it enjoyable. It was just a thing, and I recognized that, hey, this is just not for me. I'm either too old, or this is not, I'm not part of this culture, or something. It's just not for me. That having been said... I thoroughly enjoyed both of these. This, uh, of course, you start out the show with freaking Tony Schiavone on a call with Britt Baker, and then you get some you know, uh, TV um, uh, psychic on there. That shit was incredible. Oh, my God. I laughed. And then the, he's got the WCW money line. <laughs> okay. But I'm a huge admittedly i'm a gigantic tony shivani mark i think tony shivani is the greatest commentator in pro wrestling history at least in my lifetime um i i think he is he is awesome um and i was always a wcw guy more than wwe um so yeah tony shivani is the shiz nizzle and so this was i i loved this this was great you did you just say shiz nizzle i did i'm like i don't think we can be friends anymore uh, no, just kidding. Uh, no, um, yeah, this funny episode. Uh, then we got the, the rules to the under the limit battle royal. <laughs> that was great. Apparently, <laughs> uh, so one person equals uh, enters every sixty seconds. Unless you are jobbers, then you can eat both. Uh, both <laughs> enter two at a time. Uh, this is all setting up from the first episode. Where Nick and Matt's like you episode two hundred, you know you promised me, and and it was like hinting at a match that Nick wanted, and in this one they had the battle royal. I think Nick entered in last, cleared out the ring. Uh, he actually showed some dribbling skills with Scorpio Sky. Oh, that was great basketball and gave him old super kick. Uh, Nick Nick Jackson got handles. I gotta say it, Nick Jackson. He, hey, he got handles. Uh, but yeah, um, that was that what, was funny. What What does that mean? He can dribble and control the basketball really well, as in okay. he can handle the basketball. Okay, because for a minute I was like, he doesn't have love handles. He's he's not chubby. No, I, no, 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 no. He 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 can play. He can dribble the basketball so, well. So obviously, if it wasn't already enormously evident i am white so yes, yes so and not a basketball fan so nick, no, there's nothing wrong with basketball but anyway nick continue. eliminates matt and he gets to pick the main event of be bte 200 now i can't tell you there was never really wrestling on bte until the last few episodes so that might be another reason you enjoyed it um but when it comes down to a nick it's going to be nick Versus Matt in the main event of BT 200. 
Episode 3 was the build-up to BTE 200, where you got to see who everybody predicted was going to win. We got a very uncomfortable situation where Nick is recording Brandon Cutler asking who he's going to think is going to win. As you can know, Brandon is friends with both Nick and Matt, and they are both technically his bosses. So so he's like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. To me, that was the call of the week. The moment of the week was Brandon Cutler. Shout out to Brandon Cutler for not answering that question. That was genius. Yeah, and then they both got mad at him. And, uh, yeah, this this whole thing, again, I am I might have to start watching Being the Elite uh, because I really, really enjoyed this. I mean, you even had, you had Kenny Omega almost poop his pants and uh, – and Colt Cabana keeping him out of the bathroom, but then throwing him some toilet paper. And Kenny was like, "Oh, this is this is uh, I need to hold on to this. This is currency right now." It was a great uh, uh, Rona uh, joke, and then um, just, just the whole thing. It was really funny. And then not only that, they had Marty Skrull was in there. Um, uh, Kip, um, no, Flip Gordon was there. Yeah. It was it was awesome. He said, "What I do just, I care? Those guys are dead to me." Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. So, uh, Flip Gordon, you think he's eventually going to be in a AEW? Yeah, because you know, he, you know, AEW. I will tell anyone if you can't go to WWE, the the current place to go is AEW. It's live TV on TNT every week. Yeah, you you I are going to become more popular. Even if you're there as a jobber, you're going to be more popular. Your rate's going to be able to go up on indie wrestling. It's just that's what I mean. Live TV is everything, you know. National TV, Impact or like Impact would be three. ROH would be like four to me. Yeah, and I I, uh, I really like Flip Gordon. I think he's really good. Um, so I think he would be a good addition to that roster. Oh, no, no. I love Flip Gordon. I really love Flip Gordon. And I just think it's most of the character and what they can tell. That's what I think. When I think about when it comes to bringing someone to AEW, I look at the wrestler and say, what story can they tell? That's what I try to tell. I mean, even if it's a mid-card story, lower-card story, I'm like, what story can they tell? And if your story is not unique in any way, I'll be like, don't bring them in. Like, just to use the example, No Way Jose. His story wouldn't be unique. He was somebody that played a comic character in WWE, didn't like it, and he wanted to show the world how serious he is. That's not unique. How many times has that happened over the last three, four years? It's not unique. Oh, yeah. You bring nothing to it. I mean, hell, that's Cody's story for Pete's sake. Yeah, I mean, in essence. Hey, now that's the whole thing with Cody. They wanted to keep him. He's like, hey, you're going to be here for some years. We're just never going to book you past this point. You are where you're going to be. OALA wishes he still had a job. Probably, yeah. No, no, he did the video. I, I watched all the, the I watched all the uh, sad people videos. <laughs> now, did the No Way Jose video make you sad at all? None or of them still made dead me sad. No, 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 made you sad. None okay. of them make me sad. People get fired every day. It happens. Shit. I'm like literally worked in call centers and we literally watch someone get fired every day. Yeah, that's brutal industry, folks. Don't go into it unless you have to. Unfortunately, it made me numb to it. 
I'm just like, it's not that I'm not positive. I am positive he'll find another job. Life happens, <laughs> you know? <laughs> positive he'll find another job. You are dead inside. I, and when oh. it comes to that kind of stuff, it's like, I've even, I've even said, it's like, you know, the biggest loser in all those shows that right. like pull at your heartstrings, you know? When I first started watching them, they pulled at my heartstrings, but they did it so much, there is no longer a heartstring there. So I can watch those shows, and you can tell me whatever story you want to, and I'll just go back to, like, drinking tea and watching something else. You know what I mean? It's just like, you you plucked it too hard. It's just yeah. like, dude, oh, dear God, you know what did it to me? And I'm not, I'm not disparaging the things that I'm talking about. I'm saying because they play on your emotions so much, I now have become numb to it. Connor's Cure. How much I had to hear that at WrestleMania 31, I think. Good Lord. It was every intermission, every commercial, bracelets, all that stuff, over and over and over again. Like, the first 19,000 times I cried, and I was really sad. Then one point it stopped, and it's never going to turn on again. Yeah, you have uh, there's a lot of those kind of issue things that you just – because they overmarket them, you become numb to it. So yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. and and it, it makes sense. You stay in some place long enough. You watch enough people get fired. You do. Yeah, and I, become I mean, numb to it. I watched it every day in the first fifteen twenty times. Man, I was sad. I was calling the people after, checking on them. Hey, man, you need some help with your bills? Blah blah blah. About the fiftieth time, you're broke from helping so many people with their bills. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Uh, hey, man. I'll, I'll see you or see you around. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So then we have the AEW dark from Tuesday, April 14th. It was a one match dark. It was Sean Spears versus Billy Gunn. They did a decent job. Sean Spears won. So do you think they should keep doing AEW dark or do you think they should just save all their matches for dynamite for now? I if they recorded it for dark, might as well keep playing it on dark. Sure, and I mean if they if they're gonna make dark one match shows and they're not even you know they're like you know twenty minutes long, then then that's fine. I just sometimes I wonder if you've got a such a limited roster that you can work with because of the Rona. Um, why won't, why would you? Is the MVP of Empty Arena Wrestling. He is. He is. We'll talk about him here in a second when he we talk about uh, Dynamite. Every show, wrestling every week. I am like, I have no problem with Sean. I love him. Every time I meet him, he is amazing. He is nice, but he's at a position that they have booked him at, and it's just like you're. He's considered, you know, undercard, midcard, lower card act. You don't want to see that undercard, midcard, lower card act every week, but you have no effing choice because they only have like a 15 man roster. I don't even think it's 15. I think it's like 10 that can actually work, like show up and work. So it's very right. Small. Or at least did for that for that taping. Yeah, they did Hopefully not have for the a next lot of taping though. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of people. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so Sean Spears beats Billy Gunn with the C4. Uh, Which is basically what a running Death Valley driver. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I don't. I always wonder what the C four stands for. So. Isn't it dynamite. Yeah, I mean, I know like 
But I was figuring it might, you know, four C's or something. I don't know. I was just wondering, hoping it was deeper. Uh, then you know. Uh, you C4. know what? Let's. You now got me curious. Uh, C four or composition C four is a common variety. Blah blah blah. Plastic explosive. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Huh. Well, that. Yeah. So also known as PE four plastic explosive number. Uh, there's no reason. I googled why. What does C four stand for? And it doesn't really give me a good explanation. Just I'm it's ask an explosive. Him to be on the show, so I can ask him: Is the C four? Does that mean anything else? No, it's just a bomb. I'm dropping a bomb on you. Yeah. All right. So, AEW Dynamite Review, April 15, 2020. Now, I am going to preface this by this is the first AEW Dynamite I didn't like. Like, didn't like at all. Uh, I know, proclivity for positivity, put a spin on everything, but I'm not going to lie to you. Ever. And I didn't like this show. Am, am Did I, you think it was boring? Yes. Like, I okay. every week since this show has started, since October, I have watched every episode in full twice. Every episode. Wow. I, I did not want to. And I didn't on this one. This is the first one I didn't. So... Okay, so I have not been watching Dynamite on a regular basis. I watched last week's, and I watched this week's because I knew it was going to be on the show. Um, a couple of uh, tricks of the of the Dave Brown trade, uh, because I'm not watching it live, I watched it in double speed. Uh, even that having been said, some of these matches were too damn long. Yeah. Um, but the the best thing, so the the things about this show that I did like. Uh, the opening with Jake Roberts, that little vignette was great. Um, and I love that it's like his uh, early complaint I had about his promos, that they seemed to be more about him than Lance Archer. This was about Lance. He actually put Lance over in this video, and I really, really enjoyed that. Yes. Um, I thought the So then we had Lance Archer and Colt Cabana had a match. It was the first round match for the TNT title tournament. Um, this, I mean, it was fine, but it was way too freaking long. I mean, Colt Cabana's good, and you don't want to squash the guy, but yeah. you're, he's not Lance Archer. Because they're this building match... to him. It looks like they're building to him and Kenny Omega, and you didn't want to make him send, seem like a bum. True. The problem is with empty arena matches – no empty arena match should, at this point, ever go over 15 minutes. There needs to be a hard, fast rule, 15 minutes, because even if it's really good, it gets boring. Uh, you, you just, it's, as, and I haven't watched as much empty arena wrestling as Floyd has, but I even have, there are times I'm like, oh, okay, I can't, I can't do this. I, I'm watching everything on double time. Everything I watch is, is on is on double time because I I just I can't. Um, that having been said, I will say AEW does empty arena wrestling leaps and bounds better than WWE, including NXT, which is overall my favorite wrestling product of the last few years is NXT. Um, but yeah, this is so much better than anything WWE has produced since the Rona has happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was this match was too long, 
and it was kind of boring in parts. There were a few good hope spots, but I mean, did anyone honestly think Lance Archer wasn't going to win? No, no, not at all. No. Uh, the second match, or actually second segment, was Britt Baker talking about her being a role model and rules to being a role model. And her first rule is always, like, fight fair. And she talked about last week how Ashita was so threatened that she broke her nose and she used, uh, you know, tactics. But Britt persevered and finished the match, so she felt like the real winner. This was my favorite part of the show. Oh, I yeah, think, that was I, great. I think this and uh, the bubbly bunch that we'll get to later, I think, yeah, were the best parts of the show to me. Yeah, no, you're you're. I'd actually kind of forgotten about that, but that that was really good. And I think transitioning Britt Baker into a heel has been a, a really good idea because she didn't quite work as a babyface when I saw her early on. Um, but yeah, this this was this was funny. And then the match she had with, uh, I'm assuming most of these people are just local jobbers or local talent. Um, but the way that she beat her by by pulling the move from American History X and making her bite the bottom rope and then stomping on the back of her head, I mean that was brutal. Um, so that was a uh, that, that, that that is the second time uh, she has done that. She did that to Yuka Sakazaki, and she tried to do it to Hikari Shida last week. It didn't work out. But uh, yeah, because she's a dentist, knocking people's teeth out. It's kind of what she does, and she's a role model. She is a role model. Yeah, uh, I honestly, man, she was playing dry toast to me when she first started. I was like, there is nothing about her that sticks out. It was like, Britt Baker did nothing for me. She then went heel, and she is super, super entertaining. Yeah, so yeah, uh, great. She's great. All right, then we had uh, Britt Baker. Of, you know, she pinned Cassandra of Golden. Then we got the Bubbly Bunch. Now, actually, a couple things were happening during the commercial breaks. One, we were getting uh, phone videos from uh, people uh, in the MMA and wrestling industry or fans of wrestling telling who they thought were going to win by Moxley and Hager. Now, let me tell you, Moxley and Hager, as far as the real sports big fight feel, I think everything about it was perfect. Uh, Ariel Hawani, uh, you had the Big John, the referee guy. Uh, you had, um, you know, uh, Hager's trainer. You had Ron Funches. You had all these people chiming in on wrestling. It gave this match such a big fight feel. I was so excited for this match. I'd heard on Melter that uh, basically, uh, you know, Tony had called Melter and said, man, I think this match is going to be great and everyone's going to love it. We'll talk about how I felt about the match later. Uh, So, yeah. So then uh, we get the um, bubbly bunch is what I was going to get into. And it was a video call from, uh, or it's a phone call from uh, Sammy, uh, all the members of the Inner Circle. Uh, Jake Hager says he's going to beat the shit out of John Moxley. Uh, Chris Jericho couldn't pour orange juice. Apparently that was some reference to Ozzy Osbourne who couldn't pour orange juice or something. 
And, uh, yeah, and Santana, of course, rocking the Puerto Rico hat. Uh, I forgot the inner circle shirt and the Zuba pants. Oh, my God, Santana. That was just so hilarious to me. And then, okay, uh, I, I'm sorry. Which one is Santana and which one's Ortiz? I because I did not watch Impact, so I'm not familiar with. No Afro is Santana. Afro is Ortiz. Okay, I'm trying to remember the segment. Who who was the one sitting down in the chair? Yeah, like one had a Puerto Rico hat on, and that's Santana. Okay. You, yeah, you know you know how much I love them in Impact. You know how. Oh much yeah, I yeah, you. Yeah. And this, so this segment was was really funny. Yeah. I like this, and I'm I'm someone who is since I've traditionally you know not enjoyed BTE being the elite. I haven't been you know totally into the kind of comedy that is done on AEW related stuff. This was funny. I enjoyed this. Yes, and then this led to Sammy G in a wrestling match. Uh, <laughs> He is, uh, Sammy G is, uh, muy sexy. Uh, did you get the part that he's making fun of the fact that he doesn't really speak Spanish? No, I didn't. Yeah, he was talking that weird <laughs> Spanglish. <laughs> he's at uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, 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 because he didn't know what came out. Cinco. Really, uh, man, he did. He obviously didn't grow up watching Sesame Street because mm-hmm. I learned how to count to ten in Spanish because of Sesame Street. I learned how to talk to count to ten in Spanish because of Spanish one. So there you go. There you uh, go. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, it was very funny. This leads to the next segment, which is Sammy G versus Suge D, aka Pineapple Pete. Tony Schiavone astutely points out that uh, Pineapple Pete had got on Jericho's nerves. So he put Sammy G out there to beat him up. Uh, Sammy G finished the match with a running knee. And so, I'm sorry to interrupt. Is 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 Suge D? Is he a part? Is he just a local jobber guy, or is he part of the AEW roster? He's been a local jobber guy, but he was at this taping, so he was used a lot. Okay, um, this is where I would like to point out in the show how much I loved the commentary. Um, it, generally speaking, if you listen to any uh, wrestling podcasts, uh, a general theme is that most commentary are, are dumpster fires. Um, it, with the exception of a few things here and there, this, this combo of Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho on commentary, when Chris Jericho retires from in-ring action, he needs to be on commentary. They together are freaking gold. I loved it last love it this week. Uh, so much to the point in the main event when the commentary changed, it dramatically hurt the match because that is how great Tony Schiavone is. And Tony Schiavone and, and Chris Jericho together are gold. Let's keep that going as long as possible, please. And thank you. Yes. So I want to be clear when it comes to when it comes to commentating. I recognize good commentating. I generally ignore all other commentating. It's one of the things I've always been doing. It comes from watching real sports. I watch the game. I can ignore the commentators. It just doesn't bother me. So, yeah, that when I got when I became a part of I will call the IWC a few years ago when I started doing the podcast and really started getting on that, that was the one thing that shocked me. How much people care about commentating. 
Oh, it, it's super important. It is so important for for the match. It is important for building characters. It is an essential part of television professional wrestling. And just like you mentioned that uh, that match with CM Punk and Howard Finkel when he came out to to introduce him, and the entire time he was out there being introducing CM Punk, Michael Cole and whoever else was there, I think JBL. The entire time they were shitting on Howard Finkel, probably because Vince was in their ear saying, make jokes about him being fat. He's fat. Ha ha ha. Um, but no, commentary is super important. But, but, and that's the thing. This is this is what I talk about. Po- pessimist, pessimist, optimist, positive and negative. You know what I heard? Booker T saying all I wanted when I came in was to hear Howard Finkel's name. That man's a legend. It was a dream come true when he introduced me. That's what I heard. I heard that too. I didn't that hear was... the negative parts. I heard Booker T fawning over the guy. Yeah, that that and that is the only thing that didn't make that a complete burial. Finkel <laughs> is the fact. I mean, you had you had on the one hand you had Cole just Who was, he was tearing into at him. that time. He was playing a heel. Yeah, but Michael Cole is. And if Vince McMahon's screaming in his ear, he stinks. He yeah, stinks. Yeah, um, but I'm just saying at that time. His play-by-play character was a heel. This was during the thing that eventually led to him wrestling Jerry the King Lawler. He was a heel at that time, so he was just playing along with his character. That's fair. I was so since I was watching it out of context. Fi- fine, that's fair. Um, <laughs> Booker T was great putting over the fink, but no commentary is super important. And when I'm watching wrestling, if the commentary is bad, it actively hurts what i'm watching yeah see i watch and i watch and you know i like i said when people tell me michael cole stinks i like i said when i got in the iwc i didn't even know what people were talking about michael cole's michael cole he was the guy that said stuff yeah the only i the really <laughs> the the best my i've ever heard cole was on that beast in the east special when calling that Finn Bauer Kevin Owens main event match, yeah, he was great in that, and that's because a a, a psychopathic uh, American Irishman wasn't screaming in his ear the entire time. Yes. Now, but, Tony Schiavone was great, uh, and him and Jericho have been great. I don't think it's been too much more. I I actually like Excalibur, Excalibur Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross team. I like when Taz is there. I think. I think Taz is the best color guy out of all of them. JR and Tony aren't really color guys. And I think when Taz is on there, who's a color guy, he's supposed to be putting over the wrestlers and the moves that's great. My team, if I was going to say, this is what who I want to be the face of AEW, it would just be Excalibur and Taz to me. But. And that makes sense. I remember, in fact, I think one of the early episodes of this show when I was on and it, the whole thing about JR came up, I, I, my argument was JR is a face of the past. Right. Um, and I think Tony Schiavone doesn't bother me because, one, I love Tony Schiavone and I'm a Tony Schiavone mark. And two, he hasn't been on TV for 15 years. And Tony so, Schiavone is just a commentator. He's not... Right. trying to get himself over. He's just trying to tell the story. I think right. JR over, and it wasn't early, but during the Attitude Era, Jim Ross became a character. 
and everybody wants to hear that character. And now when you hear him, he's just being him. He's not playing good old JR anymore. Can can I say that I don't want to hear good old JR? I don't want to hear that character. I JR is fine, but I've never been a gigantic JR fan. Exactly, but you're going to find that with any commentating team. Any commentating team is going to be people that love you. It's going to be people that hate you. It's going to be people that... Like, man, if he's not on the show, I don't want to watch it. There's going to be guys that, like, I mute the show and watch it. It does not matter who it is. True. Now, does I want to ask, does anyone out there truly love Byron Saxton? I actually, I freaking love Byron Saxton. I do, too. Yeah. So, you and I, <laughs> yeah. we're we're a team. Man, there was nothing better than NXT, Tom Phillips, Corey Graves, and Byron Saxton. Corey Graves ribbing Byron Saxon, Byron Saxon saying stupid Urkel shit, and Tom Phillips trying to just not laugh. Because he was, knew oh, was good he stuff. was a character, he knew his character, and he played it well. Yes. Uh, but we should probably move on. Kip Sabian and Chucky T. It was a match. Yep. The funniest part of this match was the Orange Cassidy getting up doing the girl thing putting his finger in his mouth he took off his uh took off his jacket uh yeah that was hilarious that when was people, cute, yeah. people don't get orange cassidy i tell you that dude uh, that dude can do because he's a sloth all the time he only has to show emotion or do one or two things and it makes you pop it's just yep it's the one of the things if he does so little when he does something it's amazing then you get your you get the empty arena mvp sean spears that's why i'm gonna call him forever empty arena mvp sean spears gets the win over justin thomas with the c4 he's he's back to his winning ways and they did it you know they they really were pushing that in commentary that he's he's now you know he got a couple he got a win over Billy Gunn at dark he's gotten this win so i think they're trying to uh, i don't think they're ever going to push him as a main event kind of guy but i think they're trying to keep him as a strong mid card to upper mid card guy because he he needs to be a credible um gatekeeper so when you beat him it may it's a big deal i mean that's that was his that was his role in NXT for a long time, Ty Dillinger was the gatekeeper of NXT. You were new, you went through Ty Dillinger, and you had a you got a good match out of him, and Ty Dillinger made you look great. And I think if that's going to be the role for him in AEW, then there, there are a whole lot worse roles to have. Because no one looks at Sean Spears, I think, and sees future world champion. Yeah, I don't think they do. Yep. Then the last one was the main event of the evening. You're reigning, defending, undisputed AEW World Champion John Moxley against Oklahoma's own the Big Hurt Jake Hager. Now I always claim him as Oklahoma's own. After this match, not that excited to claim him. I let me tell you, as far as the work and the wrestling in this match, it was tough. It was stiff. It was all well executed, but man, was I bored. This match, okay. Remember, I'm watching this on double time. 
and I'm literally fast forwarding through chunks of it because it was so GD boring. It was so boring. So would I ever want to get in a fight with Jake Hager? No, he would fucking kill me. Do I think if this was a shoot fight that John Moxley would have a, a chance in hell against Jake Hager? No. Jake Hager just needs to go do MMA. I mean, he's perfectly cast as, as Moxley's heavy. He's perfectly cast in that role. He is not a main eventer. He is, he's not a, it's weird. He's not a charismatic wrestler. Last week, those segments where, you know, they were interviewing him and he's still got a weird thing with his voice. He's got a little lisp thing. So he's, his voice is kind of weird. Nothing against lisps is just, he's almost got that Mike Tyson thing where you look at this superimposing guy and then he opens his mouth and you're like, whoa, that's not what I was expecting to hear. It, he's the same same way with, with Hager. Um, and I'm sure he's a nice dude. Crazy so don't thing get me wrong. is he's a charismatic person. Whenever That's, he's in the I, uh, inner circle stuff or when he's with Jericho, he is fucking hilarious. It just doesn't translate to the ring. It do, isn't that weird? It is like just on, on that, that bubbly bunch segment. He was fantastic. He was like, cover your ears, kids. He was great. So, But he gets in the ring, and he's just so boring. They shot and a I video just, I, on Twitter where his wife wasn't letting him in the house because he didn't win. That was hilarious. He's so Okay, good. that's fantastic. So, okay, and the, the, the other thing, as soon as last week, as soon as they had his wife saying, we're winners, if he doesn't win, he doesn't get to come home kind of thing, I'm like, oh, well, that just tells you, I mean, A, no one in their right mind thought John Moxley was losing this t- match and losing his title. B, on top of that, you are firmly screaming, this man is going to lose when his wife tells you, we don't do losers. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's such a weird conundrum. He is you do you put him in other things, he's charismatic. From what little shots I've seen of his MMA stuff, he look it looks like those matches are fairly yeah. entertaining. Yeah, if um, he could take the energy of that one promo he cut after his like MMA fight and just bring that to wrestling, oh my god, he'd be so over. But he's and it doesn't it it did not help that this was in front of a no one. And it looks like that was filmed at, at was that at Daly's Plaza or yeah, that was filmed place, somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was filmed um, uh, about a week before like most of the other stuff on the show. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was just, it was so boring and it, but I mean, I, I, I think Hager is, is, is in a good position where he is. I think his role is, I think he's perfectly placed, and I think this is in, in a pro wrestling environment. Um, unless he somehow figures out how to take his his natural charisma and transfer that to when he's in the ring, this is the best he's ever going to be. This is his perfect role, and just keep him as that because he 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 can come in and, and lay a beat down and look good doing it, uh, with, especially with a bunch of other people, but. Please never again have this man challenge for your world title. Just he don't. needs to, and you know me. I am, of course, because I am a person. I am a results-driven person. I'm not going to be like, oh, he's just boring. I think he could add about four or five power moves, like suplexes, like to his arsenal. Maybe Saito suplex, ally Jay White. That I think would drive home the awesomeness of his character. Yeah, and that's that's the interesting thing cuz even watching this match, he 
he has not changed how he wrestles really very much at all since from when he was in WWE. Yeah. And he was boring as sin in WWE. Yeah. His, his finishing choke move, that's about the only new thing he has. And that's great. Um, I like that. That looks yeah. like it, it'll, I mean, I don't put me in that, please. No, no, thank you. Um, but yeah, no, he really needs to adjust his wrestling style. Whereas, you know, Cody, he did adjust his wrestling style. I mean, he's still not bell to bell, one of the, you know, a top elite worker or anything, but he adjusted when he left WWE because he knew, okay, when I'm in Evolve, when I'm in Ring of Honor, when I'm in these other places, when I'm in New Japan, I can't do the same crap I was doing on main event for 10 years. I have to do something different. Jake Hager hasn't done that. And as much as he says, hey, Jack Swagger is dead, I'm sorry, when you get in between the ropes, all I see is Jack Swagger, especially when you do that stupid ankle lock. I mean, I know, I don't want to be put in it. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it hurts like a mofo. But it's like, come on, please, just stop. I don't have, first of all, you should have a lower center of gravity to me when all the people that do the ankle lock are like six foot or shorter, like Kurt Angle and Ken Shamrock, and it, they have that low center of gravity where it just looks better. I'm not saying, I don't know how effectively an ankle lock is supposed to work. I've never trained, but when I, as a, as some, a novice watching someone that, you know, someone that watches MMA and watches it. It looks better when you're at a lower center of gravity. He's standing up when he's doing it and pulling up. Probably some reason that hurts more. I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. I, you know, your move, the ankle lock is your move. The thing that he does that I hate is the swag, uh, the Vader bomb. The swagger bomb. Yeah. That just, it reeks. He's so slim. You know what I mean? It just doesn't seem like it hurts. Even though it probably does, I don't know. It doesn't look like it hurts. And that's what wrestling is about. It ain't whether it hurts or not. It's whether it looks like it hurts. That move doesn't look like it hurt. Like I said, if he wanted to add a, a nice German into his routine, uh, Saito suplex, side suplex, just some power moves that puts a little oomph behind his size. He's like a big man that doesn't work like a big man. Exactly. Yeah, I so, couldn't agree more. So he just needs to just throw some throw some shit in there. Throw some like in general the the five minutes of grappling at the beginning. Me and Ryan were talking about. I really enjoyed that. It looked like they were really working. But this is me as in someone that does not do MMA. So someone might say, "Man, that looked like shit." I don't know. As a, a person that doesn't know what it's supposed to look like, it looked pretty entertaining to me. Uh, Jr. Uh, could uh, need could use improvement on this match. I don't like him by himself commentating. He he reeks of grumpy old man. And yeah, his commentary was awful. See, I'm not gonna. I'm just like it was just he just reeked of grumpy old man that doesn't understand what he's watching. That's what he came off of. I love Jim Ross. I worship Jim Ross. He's Oklahoman. He. He commentates wrestling. He just loves wrestling. He loves college football. JR, in a lot of ways, is a white version of me. You know what I mean? Love Jim Ross. But God, he wasn't good in this this part. He just wasn't. And it's like, I, you know, it's one of those things. I would honestly say it to his face. 
I'm like, I know you've been doing this 50 years, and good Lord, you could do this in your sleep if you are better than I could. I could study it for a year and not be half as good as you ever was. But good Lord, you were bad. At, like, you took away from the match. And this is from a person that just says, I can generally ignore commentary. You were so bad, I actually paid attention to you. You know... Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. It, it, it was it was awful. You took like you actively took away the attention from the match yep. to how angry you were in watching it. And I honestly think I might have enjoyed the match more if you were telling me that I should have been enjoying the match. Yeah, he he just screams of grumpy old man. And and that's and it came out more and because he was by himself came out more in this match. Anybody in like like take me to task. Say Floyd, this is the positivity showing. You're not positive, dude. I really needed Amy or Tiffany this week because I couldn't spin it. <laughs> there was, I mean, if you can <laughs> spin it, I'm I'm you you've got a future in politics i couldn't it was, spin it. it was bad i spent two days thinking of how to spin it and i couldn't spin it if you enjoyed it more power to you i heard brian alvarez thought jim ross was amazing tip my hat to him if brian alvarez enjoyed it great floyd johnson who a wears aew on his sleeve that is a cheerleader i make no bones about it i am a shill for this company i plan on being first row at the first show wherever it is when we get back to us being back to live shows that was bad i hope you continue to listen to this show I know you listen to the show because you like positivity and sprinkles. And Amy will be back on next week, hopefully. Uh, her husband had surgery this week, so I don't know how that's going to happen. So, uh, uh, Andy, I wish you uh, wish you the best. Hope uh, heal yeah. quickly. But yeah, shout out to Andy. Good luck, man. Yeah, hopefully you heal quickly. But but I could I would just be lying to you if I said I thought this was good. It wouldn't be spin. It would be a lie. <laughs> That's what I'm not going to do. And God bless you for it, sir. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah. I, and like, you know, like I say, I would tell you, if someone's like, man, should I watch that match Wednesday? No, you shouldn't. Save your life. Save time out of your life. Do something else. Life's too short to spend 30-something minutes on what basically amounted to about seven minutes of good wrestling agreed yep it was uh <laughs> i even liked the ending i liked how it did it it kept hager looking strong but good lord so you take the show and he's like oh it's called all elite wrestling and the elite aren't on the show at all <laughs> <laughs> no one from the elite is on the show okay you build the show around john moxley and hager do an excellent job a plus building the show. It to me, it was like if the Super Bowl was like fifty-five to ten, or the Super Bowl was no, no. Honestly, it was like the New England St. Louis Super Bowl that was like thirteen to three, and the game was just boring as hell. You got all this promotion, all these commercials, blah blah blah. You did everything perfect, and then the game didn't meet the uh, 
the game didn't meet up with what you the build, and that's what happened. The match did not equal the build. The match was probably not as bad as I think it is, but the build was so good. The fact that the match let me down made me dislike it more. Yeah, the 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 build was awesome, and I mean, granted, I saw you know two, one week of the build, but the build was fantastic, and the match was fine. It was too long. Yeah. Again, too long. Um, but it, it, the, the commentary was the drizzling shits. And, uh, it, yeah, it just, it was not. But, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the thing how it's all elite wrestling, but the elite haven't been on it. I think one of the things that they have done really, really well is, yes, the the show has taken their name from from this faction that was started by the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, um, an offshoot of the Bullet Club. Uh, but they have really turned AEW into something that's not the Kenny, Cody, and Bullet Club and, and uh, Young Bucks show. There is, there's a lot more depth to it than that. And this is saying as a guy who has not watched a ton of it, but just simply in the last two weeks, the fact that it has been the rest of the roster – I think is a is a real uh, a real plus because you get to see once one you get Lance Archer out there just being a freaking beast, um, you know you get Sean Spears even though we're getting sick of him uh, wrestling and showing people that no I can actually go, you get you know you get more looks at Sammy Guevara, um, you get that stare down when when uh, Darby Allen came out uh, and um, and saved to you know save a. Uh, uh, Pineapple Pete from getting the beat down from Sammy Guevara. That was really good. And uh, and just even the little things, like the little interactions some some of the wrestlers have as they're walking around with the wrestlers in the air quotes crowd. So uh, I think they've done a fantastic job just not making it about the four EVPs. Because at that point, it just it looks bad. It looks like you're just stroking your own ego or something. So uh, my hat's off to him for yeah, that. Yeah, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this was the first main event in AEW on a TV show that was built completely around no one from the uh, no one from the elite and Chris Jericho not having really anything to do with it. It was about Mox and Hager, you know. And they did a fantastic job building it. Yeah. That the so. Yeah, it just yeah, it was just landed flat. And and it yep. made me mad because I kept telling everybody that said I don't want to see Hager. I was like, man, you haven't really seen him in AEW, man. Maybe he's changed some things. And it was just like, man, that was Jack Swagger versus John Moxley. It really was. It, yeah, it was, it was. It was like, you know. Yeah, because you couldn't go so far as to say that was Jack Swagger against Dean Ambrose because Mox it was still very much his Mox self. Um, but, yeah, it's it's GD Jack Swagger, man. Yeah. He's not dead. He's still there. Yeah, so and, that, and he came back for a day. Uh, so, no. Um, again, this does not stop my love for Hager. This does not stop my love for Mox. It's just two people. I was expecting a little bit more from if they were brawling. If, let's say there was a crowd there and they were brawling through the crowd. I probably would have liked the match more. I think if Excalibur and Taz was on there and Taz was really putting over what Hager was trying to do, I probably would have liked the match more. I can give you a whole bunch of I probably would have liked the match more. 
but the match as presented to me, all I could think after I watched this episode of the show, which honestly, if let's say I was giving it a letter grade, I'd probably give it a C plus, you know, but this is the first time my letter grade was ever in the C's. All I could think is I hope this was no one's first episode of AEW Dynamite. It was just, it that's it. It wasn't horrible. It's just like, I don't know if I watched this episode as my first wrestling show, if I would come back next week. And that's fair. And I think as far as that match is concerned, I think that it gets a gentleman's three yeah. because they worked, they did, they worked their butts off. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to take that away from them. It was just boring. Yeah, you can usually get a bump if the crowd was into it. Unfortunately, that bump is not non-existent right now. Yep, indeed. Yeah. yeah, so you don't get the bump if the crowd's into it because it's no crowd. And, yeah, so, no. Uh, yeah, I I thought this was kind of a hard episode to get through. Uh, like I said, I watched it once, and I started watching it again. I'm like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> Floyd had to tap out. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I just I, I couldn't. Next week we get two. Like I said, I'm not I'm not gonna dwell on it anymore. Next week we're gonna on the next week we get two count them two TNT tournament matches. We get Dustin Rhodes versus Kip Sabian and a match that I think there's no way it's not the match of the week of through wrestling, Sammy G versus Darby Allen. Oh, God, that should be so good. That is going to be so good. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm like, that's really all you need to know for next week. But then you get the Omega Man, Kenny Omega in action next week. Also, on Monday, BTE episode 200, you get the dream match, Matt versus Nick Jackson. And you know it's going to be funny. So definitely tune in for that. Uh, it's like we got a lot of good wrestling coming up. You know, we can uh, we can uh, clean that clean that out my head. You know what I mean? You cleanse that palate. Yeah, you're gonna get that nice palate cleansing. Yeah, and it's just like they've been doing such good stuff. If you follow the All Elite Wrestling uh, Twitter account, uh, Tony Schiavone, Cody did a live Q and A. Tony Schiavone did a live Q and A. Uh, I believe Joey Janela's been doing Instagram live like every night. So, uh, you know, check those things out. Uh, the only Instagram live, if you're an adult over 18, I imagine we don't have a lot of kids listening to the show, if any. But just in case, don't be, you know, Joey Janela does weird stuff. So, uh, yeah. So, it, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming up. You know, I have watched lots of weekly television shows for the majority of my life. There's always, even in the middle of the Attitude Era, there was a raw where I was like, eh, that was just a show. It's going to happen. You know, this was just a show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, it, it, things can't always be great, because if they're always great, then when is anything great? Yeah, but the big thing is, is that generally what AEW I thought was great at was the week-to-week -week, week -week adjustments. They Even if they had, like, let's say they put on an A-plus show and then the next week was a B, they would come back with an A because they could adjust. Well, when you pre-tape, like, six weeks in a row, that takes adjustments away. You, you, can't, you can't be like, well, we're going to do this better next week because you've already taped six weeks in advance. And, again, 
Pac, Lucha Bros, uh, you know, uh, Lucha Bros, the Young Bucks, uh, Scorpio, the SC, all of SCU. You got all these people that can't come to the show and work. So that variety thing that you were getting every week, you're not getting now. This is not variety. This is a mixture of 15 people wrestling. So there's a lot of things. They're they're fighting with one arm tied behind their back right now. Yeah. And they're doing what they can. And I, I, I applaud the effort. And I do want to say this is, this is not spin. I want to thank them for continuing to be able to put out product and give us something to look forward to every Wednesday. With a lot of places shut down, they were smart enough to take forward. And they're also not endangering the lives of the wrestlers by continuing to do live TV. That is not a shot. That is just me saying, being thankful for what that company is doing. So those are all good things. I thank Tony for existing. But yeah, so it's just all good. So Dave, overall thoughts? Overall thoughts? I mean, overall, the the show was fine. It was... um... I, again, I'm not an aficionado on this, but I've watched two weeks worth of Dynamite. It was, uh, it was fine. I mean, I don't feel like I wasted my hour or so, however long it took to watch it. Uh, again, double time. Watching things double speed is a glorious thing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so yeah, I was. I mean, there was there was stuff that was better than others, and yeah, that's, I'm, I'll watch again. I have never watched anything in double time ever. Oh, it's good. It's no, good stuff. No, 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 it's, <laughs> it's horrible. Don't knock it till you try it, baby. Uh, and no. Uh you know, I I you know, when we were doing the show together and I missed something, I would do I would speed watch those and I didn't like it. It's just I need to take it in. It's like it's like do you do you do audiobooks? I do. Do you do those in double time? Not generally double time, I'll, unless I'm like really running out of time and they're about to have to be checked back into the library. I will, my like the, for the most part, I use the uh, app OverDrive, uh, which you can get through your local library, and check out audiobooks and uh, eBooks right now. It's a tremendous service provided to you by your local library systems. Um, but I always have mine on like 1.2 speed, so it's just a little bit faster, but not. A, a, a whole lot faster. Um, I will listen to, there's some podcasts I will listen to on double time. Um, there is, so for example, I'm a big comic book fan, right? And um, there is this one podcast that is strictly about DC comics, which is my, my thing is DC comics. I love DC comics, but they are so annoyingly one-sided and just, sucking on the teat of dc comics it's like can you do you guys have an opinion of your own do not everything dc comics does is good there's some utter dog crap they're putting out but the whole time it's like oh everything is great everything is great so i have to listen to that on double time just so i can hear whatever actual news they talk about because their opinions annoy the piss out of me because there's nothing natural or human about it. It's just, you're just regurgitating stuff. It's like, I'm I'm like, stop it, please. This isn't all good. It can't always be good. It has to suck sometimes. And if you don't tell me when it sucks, then you're a goddamn liar. (laughs) Which is why it was good today 
folks who, if you are like, why is Floyd being so negative? You know why it's good? Because at least now you can know Floyd's not lying to me on a weekly basis. It's not always sunshine and rainbows, folks. Yes, this is a positive show. Sometimes things suck. And you can say, hey, this positively sucked. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh... It, because the truth and not and being honest is far more important than spin and, and keeping up shtick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Goddamn right. God dang right. Yeah. There you go. No, but uh, thank you, Dave, for being on the show. I You're also, very welcome. I always like to. I do like. I love Tiffany and I love Amy. And if Tiffany and Amy could be on the show every week. That would be amazing and, of course, my preference. But when they can't be on the show, I do like to bring someone outside of the fandom on the show. That's what Dave was here for today. He was outside of the fandom. So you get some more of a neutral opinion on what he thinks about things. And I, I appreciate your opinion, sir. And thank you. Oh. thank you for coming on today. You're very welcome. I, I, I enjoy this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Floyd and I used to do a show together uh, called Around the Ring. And in fact, there's an episode out there that we dropped fairly recently talking about uh, Mania. Um, and I miss talking to Floyd on a regular basis. Uh, Floyd's a very good good man and a great friend. And so thank you for having me on, sir. I really have enjoyed it and I appreciate it. All right. Well, for Dave, thank you again for coming on. I always enjoy talking to you. If you notice, the show was a little bit longer because this is what me and Dave do. We, Man, our Around the Ring episodes would uh, get to th up to three hours. We were basically voices of wrestling in a way. <laughs> so, because, um, you know, that's always, I tell everyone, that was the first podcast I listened to, Voices of Wrestling. So, again, a, a lot of my stuff comes inspired from the, the flagship uh, I've learned a lot from keeping it strong style One Nation Radio, so I've developed my own style over a long time. But yeah, that's that's where it started originally. But chapping, chapping, yeah, for chapping, chapping, for Silky Dave Brown. This is Floyd Johnson reminding you whether you're at home, close to home, the grocery store, or the two other places you get to go to, always do your best to be elite. <laughs>